Thank you for the worship today. When I say thank you to the worship, I thank God for the worship team. And whenever I say worship team today, I'm not just referring to the musicians and the singers up here. I'm thinking of us all as a whole, worshiping the Lord together. You are Orchardville Church's worship team. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and address the elephant in the room. I feel so humbled. Whenever kids come up and worship honestly and freely, it should humble us. Kids are innocent. I mean, they do a lot of goofy things, but kids are innocent. And whenever they come humbly before the Lord and honestly, I think the Holy Spirit just is like, all right. Amen. It can make old people like us repent. I don't know about you, but I don't want to become the very thing that I despise. You know, it's, it can be a real short step from being a disciple to becoming a Pharisee. And I don't want to do that. Thank you, God, and thank you, young people, for peeling back layers of our hearts and letting God work through you. I'm really excited about what God's doing. Um, the, I, for a lot of you that didn't know, Rick and some of the young people came up here um, Friday night and prayed. And so I don't know what transpired. I know he said one person got saved. Yeah, that's awesome. But I know they were praying for me, they were praying for you, they were praying for the leadership of this church, they were praying for people that aren't even here yet. Or maybe even it's someone who may have left and they may come back, you know, we, we, they, they're praying for everybody. And so that's a, that's a very special thing for me. If you would, let's go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 13. My hands are trembling. I don't know if that's what that is. If I'm just nervous or maybe is it the Holy Spirit working? It is? All right, then then I'm not nervous, it's the Holy Spirit working. (laughs) Exodus chapter 17, verse eight through 13, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for all those 
here in the church and outside of the church that's been praying for us, God. And I just thank you for what, you're, what you've done and what you're about to do. Lord, I just pray for your anointing upon the, the reading and the preaching and the teaching of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus 17, verse 8 through 13. This is, a lot of you guys probably have known this story even in kids' church. And this is a passage about where the Amalekites are about to attack the Israelites. So verse 8 says, While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of the nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. I'm going to talk about a couple of things today. The first thing I'm going to talk about is the actual act that Moses did of when he went to the top of the hill and he raised his hands up. Now, in the passage, it talks about that he had the, some, some verses say, or some versions say, the rod of God in his hand. Um, I'm in the New Living Translation, and it says the staff, his staff. This, uh, this right here is my staff. For those of you that can see really, really good, much better than me from back there, I have carved all up and down this staff. This here is a piece of sassafras, I believe, and I have carved on it. Something that you may have not have known is in the old days and in, even in the pioneer days, people that carried around and walked around with a staff, they would carve in certain monumental things that happened in their life. So in a sense, their staff actually told the story of their life. So um, much in the way, um, and I'm not, you know, I don't care one way or the other. I'm not promoting people that get tattoos, but I, I don't, it doesn't bother me one way or the other. But some people who take it real seriously, their tattoos actually tell the story of their life much like this staff does. Good, bad, and the ugly, right? My staff here is the good, bad, and the ugly. I'm not going to tell you about everything on here, but God knows what's on here, and I know what's on here. Don't worry, it's nothing X-rated on here. It's monumental things. The raising up of hands, just the whole position of the raising up of hands. Today, if you've never been to this church before in your life, and you saw many people with their hands raised up, like this, we were entering into praise and worship. We had our hands held high. I hope my belly isn't showing. <laughs> okay. 
That's why we're all facing this way. So the only person that would see it would be the worship team up here, okay, and God. So you saw us with our arms raised up like this, worshiping the Lord, worshiping him freely. One of the other positions whenever people are raising their hands is in offering. Now, a lot of you people may have not heard this teaching before, but whenever Rick took up the offering a while ago, and a lot of times you'll hear us say to raise our tithes up to heaven. Sometimes we'll say raise it up as a heave offering. A heave offering was described in the Bible in Numbers uh, 18.26. So whenever they would get their harvest and they would take their tithe of the harvest and it would be in a basket or bowls or this or that and they would heave it up in a symbolization of offering it to God. And that, of course, would be their tithe, and it would go to the temple or tabernacle, where then it would be used to operate things. So that's why, for those of you that don't know, that's why we've kind of gotten in the, in the habit of whenever we raise our tithes up to heaven, I want you to, every time you do that, I want you to picture in your mind that you're like this farmer or gardener, and that you gather your crops, and that one-tenth of that you're putting in a basket and you're literally raising it up to God, okay? So if you, didn't know, if you didn't know that, you actually hopefully learned something today. And as an offering, as praise, as an offering, one of the other things that you do when you raise your arms up like this is sometimes it's stretching. Let's all do that right now. Let's all stretch. An honest one. Ugh. I saw your belly. No, I didn't. <laughs> Just Rick's. <laughs> it's good to stretch, isn't it? Matthew 12, 13, it says, Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as the other. You see, when we stretch ourselves for God, we win. When as a church we stretch ourselves for the Lord, the church wins. You know, when God speaks to us to do something and we're obedient, you know what that does? That brings restoration. Just like the man where God told him to stretch forth his hand and he stretched forth the withered hand and it became whole. Him being obedient and having faith caused restoration from God. Praise, offering, stretching. Another thing about having your hands held high is a sign of surrender. And there's two ways to view surrender. One of them is you surrendering up, I give up. Go ahead and take me. Not that anybody wants me, but go ahead and take me. I give up. I surrender. That's one way of viewing it. Another way of viewing it is I give all. Go ahead and take me, Lord, and use me, and I surrender to you. See, when we surrender up our lives to God, we win. Whenever the church surrenders to God, the church wins. Surrender yourselves up to him today. One of the last things about raising your hands up 
is raising him up as a sign of victory. See, when we hold our lives up to God and we give them up to him, just like these kids were up here worshiping a while ago and as you were in your seats, raising your hands, worshiping him, it was a symbolization, regardless of whether you was raising them or not, that there was a symbolization of victory. See, Moses was a good leader because he did some things that was vitally important. One of the things is whenever he said that tomorrow I'm going to go to the top of the hill and I'm going to hold the staff of God in my hand. He said that he was going to do that. As a good leader, what is one of the most important things that he did? He followed through and he did that very thing. Good leaders do what they say that they're going to do. Whenever we select a new pastor that we've been praying for, we want to select a man who is going to be full of integrity, full of the Holy Spirit, and on fire for the Lord, but does what they say that they're going to do. This is what we need. Whenever we hold our lives up in victory, we win. When we hold our church up in victory, the church wins. Whenever we win and the church wins, it helps us to do, to fulfill the great commission, to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. It helps us to do what we say we're going to do, to reach, teach, and serve. Let me tell you about my staff now. Let me get a drink. I reused this bottle nine times now. So I think I've got my money's worth out of it. Don't worry, I don't fill it up in the bathroom. I'm going to tell you about my staff. Are you sure you want to know? It's pretty personal. Right down here. Oh, I was adopted. See, I don't have a perfect life. These kids that were down here, they looked victorious, didn't they? They don't necessarily have a perfect life, but they choose to worship him, and he makes them whole, doesn't he? Our Lord and Savior makes us whole. I was adopted, raised by rednecks in southern Illinois. I was adopted from Seoul, Korea, South Korea. Not North Korea, but South Korea. When I was seven, I just, wrote a, I just carved a seven in here. At seven, there was something too painful for me to carve out anything else. But I know what that seven means. I've got a bicycle and a church with a cross on it here. Whenever I was about nine, the first real Christian um, thing that someone had shown me as a child was a friend, his dad was a preacher, and I had a flat tire on my bicycle, and I didn't have the money to buy a new one. And his dad, he got me a tire and put it on my bicycle, and that spoke more to me about Christianity and the love of Christ than just about anything I've ever had. 
so much so that I remember it to this day. I've got on here carved, it says normal, whatever that is. <laughs> What's normal, Rick? And I know it's not you. <laughs> the next thing I have carved on here is a cross. Whenever I was a teenager and at a youth rally, I gave my life to the Lord. That's a pretty meaningful moment in my life there. The most meaningful. Huh. I got the word Dallas wrote in here. You heard about that already. <laughs> Kids do crazy things, like run away to other states and cities thinking that they're gonna be famous or infamous, whatever. Mm. Uh-oh, I got a beer can wrote put on there. And I have a dollar sign on here where I was just so chasing after money. I've got a symbolization here of marriage, kids. There's one where I drew these little stick people on here and uh, you can't see it, but this one uh, is where I'm laying sideways where I broke my neck and the stick person's neck is like that. <laughs> that was a life changer there. Then go over here, kids. I've got on here a pit bull head carved in here with an arrow over to a stick person pointed to his groin where I got bit in the groin by a pit bull. <laughs> you haven't heard that one, some of you. That was a very monumental thing in my life. 18 stitches. I've got a cross here where I had reaffirmed my commitment to Christ. I've got a ladder here laying across a stick figure that's deformed. That's where I broke my neck the second time. I got a dollar sign with a negative where I started to go broke after I broke my neck the second time. I've got a little coffin on here where my dad passed away. I've got another coffin later on up here where Pastor Mark passed away. I've got a ring on here where I got married. I've got a little baby, two, two babies on here where I had grandkids. And that's where I'm up to right now. So you know all about me, don't you? You don't know nothing about me yet. <laughs> we don't have enough time for that. But this isn't finished yet, is it? This isn't finished. And to be honest with you, there's not enough room on here. And here's why. Because I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and God said that I would have eternal life because of that. And so this staff is not, it would be never ending. But my time here on earth, this is what this represents. See, when I hold this up, I am actually holding my life up to God. I'm holding my life up in praise, 
in offering, even stretching myself at times as a sign of surrender, and I'm holding it up in victory. Victory in Jesus, not in my own doings. Because, see, he takes my brokenness here, and he makes it whole. See, people and the enemy would like to take this from me. There are people out there or enemies that would like to take this from me and like to just take my life and just beat the living tar out of me with it. I mean, just beat me up, even kill me with it. But I choose to hold it out to God in victory, just as Moses held his hands up and held his staff up in victory. See, it was important that the children of Israel saw him do that. Because if he would have just been over having a cup of coffee where they were out fighting the battle, what kind of a leader is that? Moses was out there doing what he said he was going to do. We need to hold our lives up to God in victory. Give it all, surrender it all to him. This is who I am. And whenever I'm totally honest with God and saying, God, this is my good, bad, and ugly. Here I am, flawed and imperfect, and what he did on the cross makes me whole when I accept him. I did a test here four weeks ago to see how long I could hold my hands up like this. And after an hour and a half, I was like, uh, uh, because all my, my arm actually went numb. And so that's the way it is in life, is the weight of this world gets so heavy, sometimes we need help because it's too much for us to bear on our own. Just like Moses did whenever the other two came up and they supported his arms. Rick, my arms are getting way too tired because I've even been up for about a minute now. And see what happened was there was people that came alongside Moses and they even sat him down on a rock because his legs probably got tired too. And they held him up and as long as he kept them up, they were winning. Whenever he let them down, they would lose. We gotta keep our church lifted up. We've gotta keep our lives lifted up to God, surrendered to God, victorious. Whenever life is too much for you, that's why you need a church family. That's why you need a youth group. That's why you need your friends and the person sitting next to you to come alongside you. Church, let's do this together. Thank you, guys. Life's too much to do it on your own. As the musicians had come, please. We're going to do communion today. Now, I just phrased that we're going to do communion. We are going to take communion. But this communion, I don't want this to be just a ritual that we do. 
We take communion, and before we take communion as Christians, and I want to let you know that if you are not a member of this church, you are welcome to take communion right along with us. The only requirement is that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is the requirement. So when we take communion, before we do it, this is a time to examine our hearts. Just like as the kids were worshiping up here this morning, the Holy Spirit was just running all through this building and I think he just jumped right on top of my head and he said, George, you need to change your attitude. And so I had to examine myself. We all need to do that before we take communion today. If you've never given your life to Christ before, this is the time to do that and then you can take communion right along with us. We'll do this in remembrance of him and what he did for us on the cross. I wanna give you this opportunity today, if you all would please stand. And each and every one of us need to examine our hearts today. And if there's anything that you want to come and pray about, whether it be that you wanna give your life to Christ today, whether you wanna recommit your life to Christ, or whether you just wanna spend some time alone with him before we take communion, I would like you to come forward at this time. If you need prayer for healing, we would be glad to anoint you with oil and pray over you as they play.
We had a, had a brother just re recommitted his life for Christ. His name was Dave. He was up here earlier. Also, a man named Bob just gave his life to Christ. God is amazing, isn't he? It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.